it is Epiphany. This great feast, one of the principal feasts of the year, a feast that is older than Christmas, and in the Eastern churches is still bigger than Christmas. And a feast day that usually for us falls on a weeknight. And so we get this experience of coming to church in the evening, disrupting our usual rhythm. Bless you for being here, whether you are here in this space or here online, here together in spirit and in flesh, to give thanks for the revelation of the light of Christ. This Christmas season, the Magi, as they have been making their journey for 12 days, have had an unusual parallel. Since December 25th, and continuing for 12 days and now day 13, the James Webb Telescope has been making its way through the sky. You can follow its progress live on NASA's website as it has completed its launch unfurled its sun shield and the first of its mirrors, and as it's now almost halfway to its destination, which it's scheduled to reach on day 29, a point in space called L2, where it so happens that the gravity of the sun and the gravity of the earth work together in just such a way that the telescope can pretty much stay put, and where it will have an unobstructed vantage point to peer into the darkness of deep space. It feels like a fitting companion to the story of the Magi tonight. Stories of stars, stories of long journeys, of pilgrimage, stories of the quest for light and for wisdom. This telescope is said to be able not only to look farther into space than ever before, but also farther into time, receiving rays of light that were emitted longer and longer ago, closer to the beginning. And this telescope is an incredible testimony to the brilliance of human ingenuity. But I think more than that, it says something even greater about our deep need to ask questions, to wonder, about the universe in which we find ourselves, about the meaning of it all. And exploring the answers to those questions takes a journey. It takes a pilgrimage. It takes a quest. Now, of course, there are differences between a telescope and ancient sages from the East. These magi gaze at the stars, not mainly to ask questions about the stars themselves, but about what they might mean for events here on Earth. These magi are more astrologers than astronomers. We know that the stars featured greatly in the religion of places like Nabatea, a kingdom that was just east of Judea, where the amazing rock city of Petra served as the capital and where buildings and monuments line up with the stars in complex ways. So there are some today who believe that the Magi were real historical ambassadors from that kingdom. There are others who believe the legend of the Magi is more of a parable, 
a theological story that Matthew gives us that may or may not have happened historically, but that shines a brighter light on who Jesus is in the world and for us. We don't know. Unlike the stories of Jesus as an adult, we don't have accounts from contemporaries and eyewitnesses who knew him of what happened in his infancy. And that's okay. Because in the end, the point isn't factual knowledge about what exactly happened in the city of Bethlehem 2,028 years ago, give or take a year or two. The point isn't just to find out facts, but to find out what they mean. The point is for us to join the Magi in their pilgrimage here and now, for us to become Magi in our own lives. And just as they did to discover that what we most love in this world and what we most seek will lead us to Jesus. They come, they say, to worship. We have seen his star and we've come to worship him. They come to acknowledge something outside themselves. They come to adore. And they meet this other character, Herod the king, a man whose spirit doesn't know how to adore, someone who sees the light of the world more as something to stifle, as competition. Like so many rulers before or since, he's concerned not with the search for wisdom, but with the search for power, and having gained it to hold on to it, no matter the cost. We live today still in a world where power is contested and where truth is contested. Today, of course, is not just the epiphany, but an anniversary of trauma from a year ago. And today, if you watch television or look at news or even at social media, it is impossible to ignore the pictures, the remembrances, the analysis of what happened a year ago when a crowd of people stormed the Capitol building and disrupted the Congress as it worked to certify an election. There were many different people in that crowd that day. Some went there that day with the intent to exercise their right to peaceful protest and free speech in the service of a belief that I think was profoundly and tragically misguided by acting out of what they believed was right and just. But there were others that day who went there with an intent to do violence. And people died that day. And a piece of this nation's self-identity died that day too. A piece of this country's self-image as a place of order and institutions, and the unquestioned peaceful transfer of power. My own belief is that what happened last January 6th happened at the behest of another ruler with a deep need to cling to power, even at the cost of truth, 
even at the cost of the well-being of the people or of people's lives. And there have been many such rulers from Herod's time until now. Maybe they have even been more the rule than the exception down through history because there is something about power and about being a ruler that tempts towards that, towards the need to cling to it. But there have also always been magi. There have also always been those who go on pilgrimage with open hearts, who seek to discover and to wonder and to adore. The Magi are presumably people of some status and power in the place from which they come. And yet they are willing to go elsewhere. They come not with their own agendas, but open to what they may discover. And they bring gifts. Gifts given without strings, without conditions. They bring gifts laden with symbolism, gold for a king, incense for a priest, and myrrh, myrrh for one who will suffer and for one who will carry the world's sufferings on his shoulders. And then they go. They go without strings as they came without strings. They carry with them just the memory of what they have seen, a light that burns more brightly than the star they followed. Now this day, the epiphany in the prayer book also has a second title, the epiphany or the manifestation of Christ to the Gentiles. Because these Magi are Gentiles. And it's remarkable that the Magi appear only in the gospel of Matthew which of the four gospels is the one that is most oriented towards the people of Israel and Jesus's identity as a member of God's covenant people, the Jewish people. And yet right at the outset of the gospel, Matthew gives us this story as a sign that God still has a wider world in mind, that God is fulfilling part of the original promise to Abraham in the book of Genesis. When God establishes the covenant with Abraham, and then says, through your descendants, all the peoples of the world will be blessed. The light of the world rests in the heart of God's chosen people. And yet it can also expand across boundaries, wide enough to take in everyone, everywhere. How desperately do we need that boundary-crossing light in our days, that light that shines for all people. This year, maybe more than ever in my lifetime, it has felt that we are a people and a world divided against one another, split into opposed views of reality and opposed values of what a flourishing society looks like. And we need the Magi's bravery and boldness and willingness to go outside their own people, their own language, their own group, 
in search of God's presence. This Jesus, whom they saw as a child, would grow up to tell parables like the one of the Good Samaritan, where it's not the insider, not the fellow member of God's people, but the hated outsider, the enemy, who becomes the true neighbor. That does not mean that we avoid confrontation or accountability or speaking hard truths. But it's an acknowledgement that our destiny is bound up with each other. That we cannot afford to reject any of the children that God has made and loves. The light of the world is the light of all people. And in John's gospel, Jesus says that he is the light of the world. But in Matthew's gospel, Jesus says something a little different. He says to his disciples, you are the light of the world. And he says to them, let your light shine before others so that they too might give glory to the Father in heaven. Jesus is the light. But we are in Jesus. And so our calling is to become bearers of that light, Christ bearers. On this most holy night, may the star of Bethlehem guide us like the Magi to that perfect light. And having met that light, may it shine brightly in us to bring good news, better news to God's beloved world.